Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective and understanding of firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. All right, welcome back to the Student of the Gun University podcast. Thank you very much for being here. I truly appreciate it. Recently, I was, I've been reading, uh, and I, well, I try to read all the time, um, but quite frankly, often writing books gets in the way of reading books, and I've been doing a lot of writing this last year. But I picked up a book called The New Hall Shootout, and uh, we talked about it a little bit on the, the, the live program, on the regular Student of the Gun program, but I want to talk about it on the Student of the Gun University podcast because I want to specifically address the idea or the concept that you should embrace difficult training. For those of you who don't know or unaware of what the New Hall shootout was all about, it happened in, in April of 1970. Two bad, bad men, convicted felons, convicted murderers uh, who were out of jail on probation decided, well, they decided they weren't going to go back to jail. And when a highway patrol, California highway patrol car attempted to stop them rather than surrender, the bad man immediately opened fire on the police officers, on the highway patrolmen. Uh, a second car arrived within one minute to uh, try and, and, well, help their brothers. Well, the, they were actually already dead. The two guys, the, the two first guys were already dead. And the bad man killed the second two and then got away and then escaped. One of them committed suicide when he was trapped he was uh, trapped in a house, and he was surrounded, and he killed himself. And another one was captured, convicted, and killed himself, but he didn't kill himself until like 2006 in prison. But you had four relatively young California Highway Patrol officers who had only been on the job for less than uh, three years. In one case, one of them had only been on the job for 18 months. Dead. And it shocked the war. It shocked the United States, and it shocked the law enforcement community. How could we lose four cops, four police officers, get murdered? The entire shootout took less than five minutes. In five, let's just say five minutes, four minutes and forty-five seconds, or something. Let's say four cops killed in five minutes. How does this happen? Didn't they go to the academy? Didn't they know how to shoot their guns? Didn't they qualify on the range? Yeah, actually, they did. They did all of those things. They went through the Highway Patrol Academy, and they qualified. They met the state qualification. Now, one of the uh, officers who died was actually the top shooter in his academy class. You say, that doesn't make any sense, Paul. How, how can somebody who's the top shooter in their class get killed in a gunfight? Well, uh, going all the way back to the four pillars of fighting, Mindset, tactics, skill, and gear. Remember, we talked about those uh, several, a few couple months ago. Ladies and gentlemen, back then, the, uh, the marksmanship training, well, the, the firearms training in the academy primarily focused on marksmanship, 
They shot at bullseye targets. They did the old, if you've ever seen black and white photos with the guys holding the pistol in one hand, sticking it out, and putting the other hand on their hip or in their pocket. That's how they did it. That's how they trained. That was back in the 70s. That was, you know, 60s and 70s. That was considered firearms training. And uh, they, instead of loading from their belts or from speed loaders, they didn't have speed loaders. They had dump pouches, which is a terrible idea. They had dump pouches. They didn't carry second guns. There were a lot of, there's a lot of takeaways from that. I suggest that you go, that you go to Amazon, especially if you claim to be a firearms trainer or a, a small arms and tactics instructor, you need to read that book and you need to, the, Read the lessons. It's not that it's not actually not that old of a book, but one of the main takeaways, as they examined how is it that these young guys, right, who they all went to like I don't know, like six hundred hour. I think the academy was six hundred hours or something. Maybe it was nine hundred. It was a, a long time. They all went through firearms training, but turns out that they spent more time learning how to fill out reports than they did learning how to conduct felony stops. It turns out that their firearms training was simply stick your hand in your pocket, push the gun out like you're at a a shooting match and shoot the, the powder puff 148 green 38 special wad cutters, shoot those. One of the main lessons uh, from that, from the Newhall shootout, uh, as law enforcement training has progressed, is that if you expect people to perform in a high-stress, adrenaline-dump, terrifying, second-by-second second action, a, a gunfight, a lethal force attack, is measured in seconds. You know, the first two police officers the first Ohio patrolman who stopped this car, and in the car there were two convicted felons who should have been in prison, but what do we know about the American judicial system? We don't, we don't keep killers in prison. We let them out. Within 60 seconds, both officers were dead. How does this happen? Mindset, tactics, skill, and gear. You see, they had the skill, and last uh, last time we talked, I talked about. I said marksmanship still counts, and I discovered that the people, well, maybe probably the people who don't who who were given this advice don't know anything about the Newhall shootout. People who were given the uh, given the advice from last week about, ah, oh, don't worry about putting all your rounds in the same place. Spread them out like a like a boxer, uh, punch them all over the place. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we obviously, well, you should have known or you should get it from last week that uh, you need to be able to put the bullets on demand, in place on demand. In the Newhall shooting, both of the bad guys used cover and moved. If If they were not behind cover, they were moving. That prevent presents a difficult target. You either have a moving target, which requires skill, 
or you have a target that's only partially exposed because it's using cover, which again requires skill. But there's something else. In order to perform on demand, under high stress, when the adrenaline dumps, you have to engage in difficult training. You have to engage in training that challenges you. You have to engage in training that is not fun, that is actually uncomfortable, that is difficult. Training where you might actually look silly or dumb or you might fail the first time you try. Do you know where you're supposed to fail? You're supposed to fail on the training range. You're supposed to fail in training. You're supposed to fail there and then figure it out and then succeed. Because if you fail in the training range, on the training range, in the academy or whatever, then you're not failing out there on the street in the world. One of the takeaways from the Newhall shooting was that the firearms training was not stressful, as in fighting stressful, as in combat stressful. They didn't require officers to shoot the same ammunition in training that they were going to be shooting on the street. They didn't require them when they ran dry to reload from their belts. They reloaded from little boxes of ammo that were sitting neatly on tables next to them. They would stop in the middle of their shooting in their of their training and police up brass, pick it up so it didn't get stepped on and ruined. Things of that nature. They were supposed to shoot from the sitting, kneeling and prone but it turns out that in, in reality, when they interviewed officers later on, that they never did that because when they went to the range, they had neat, clean, pressed uniforms. And if the cadets, if the academy cadets knelt or laid on the ground or got down behind cover or you know did any of those things, it would mess up their neatly pressed uniforms. So even though they were supposed to do it, they never actually did because they didn't want to mess up their uniforms. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to be better than that. You need to embrace difficult training, and this is tough. It's tough for people, for especially men, because men don't want to go somewhere. They don't want to engage in training. They don't want to go to a training class unless they think that they're going to master that class. If it looks like it's going to be difficult, if it looks like it's going to be hard, if it looks like it's going to be challenging, they won't go because they don't want to look bad. They don't want to fail the the test. They don't want to fail to meet the standard. It's the same reason people don't shoot with their offhand. Well, if I shoot with my left hand or my offhand, then my, my groups don't look as tight. I don't have super cool, tight groups. Or if I shoot with only my right hand and not both hands, my the groups aren't super cool and tight. I can't take that target down and, and hang it up on the wall and brag about it. You want to survive a gunfight? You want to protect your family? You want to keep them and yourself alive? You know how you learn to do that? You embrace difficult training. You go to training schools and classes that are going to be hard. And if you are a firearms instructor, 
I don't like that term. If you're a small arms and tactics instructor, anybody can be a firearms instructor. My grandma could be a firearms instructor. If you are a small arms and tactics instructor, you need to understand that when people come to you, now, I'll give you a caveat. If somebody comes to you and all they want to do is learn how to play safely with a gun, they're going to take a 22 and they're going to shoot round bullseye targets and they're going to try and shoot the X out of the round paper target. That's all they want to do. They're not going to carry a gun. They don't keep a gun for self-defense or home defense. They just want to play with a gun. That is completely different. So go and have fun. But playing with guns is not the same as preparing to save your own life and the lives of someone you love or many people that you love with a gun. Because as we saw in the Newhall shootout, as we saw in the FBI Miami shootout, as we saw in the Norco shootout in North Hollywood, there are monsters out there who have who will kill you and not blink an eye. That's just part of doing business. And you need to prepare yourself to deal with those monsters. And how do you prepare yourself to deal with those monsters? You engage in training that is difficult, that is not comfortable. You engage in advanced training and training that you might actually fail. That's what you need to do. So if you're going to be intellectually honest, now, as an adult, as an adult American, you have a choice to make. You don't have to engage in training that is difficult or uncomfortable. Well, I'm not going to lay on the ground. I'm not going to kneel in the rocks or the gravel. I'm not, I'm not going to get down there. If I get down there, I, I, it's hard for me to get back up. I hear that all the time from older gentlemen. Uh, if, I, if I get down and kneel, or, or, or I, I have a hard time getting back up. Mm, okay. Make sure that you tell the monster who is going to kill you and then kill your family that you don't want to get down on the ground and, and practice doing that because you don't like it. Yeah. The lesson, the primary lesson from the Newhall shootout is this. If you have any hope of of defeating the monsters who are out there because we don't catch monsters if you know if you learned anything in the last well in your lifetime it's that the police catch the bad people the courts convict them and then the uh, prisons let them out the just the judicial system they take they catch the monsters and then after a while they just let the monsters back out and guess what the monsters do they go right back to doing what it was they did before they went into prison. Only sometimes they come out and they're even more violent and they're more skilled at being criminals. You want to be ready for that? You want to be able to deal with it? Engage in difficult training. Embrace difficult training. All right. I know we went a little bit longer than we usually do, but uh, hey, you deserve it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Embrace difficult training, and if you're an instructor, if you're a small arms and tactics instructor, do not apologize for offering and delivering difficult training. We're saving people's lives here. All right, remember, you're a beginner once, a student for life. 
Thanks for joining us today. We are big fans of the value for value model. Please go to SOTGU.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson. It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life.